This is Rowena from Pretty Creative, and my drink of choice is an ice-cold white wine. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven, and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office, and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Work-life wine time supports the responsible drinking of alcohol. What else do we support? We support learning how to feel the fear and doing it anyway. Hello, awesome. Welcome everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to Work Life Wine Time. It's Gemma here with you today. And I'm ever so excited to connect you with our amazing guest speaker, Leanne Shelton from Right Time Marketing. Hey, Leanne, thank you so much Hi. for being here. Hi Gemma, how's it going? Really well, how are you? Good, good, I'm excited to be here and then we're doing a little podcast swap later this week, isn't it? And then I'm interviewing you for mine, so awesome week. Yeah, it's it's a podcast swap week. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Well, first of all, um, if we can have a little introduction about the wonderful you and um, I guess let's begin with tell everyone what it is that you do. Okay, so I've niched into health and wellness space, but I can occasionally be persuaded to go outside of that if we have a good connection. Um, but I do, so content strategy, so content marketing, that organic stuff of appearing online consistently um, to, you know, attract the right clients. Um, so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm living proof of that because I have a podcast. I have, you know, I'm constantly putting social media posts out there. I've done the webinars. I've done all these things and I find that yeah it's it's been great for building that awareness and that no like trust factor with people so I help others do the same so help you put together that strategy of stepping up and showing up online sometimes it is that bit of a lack of courage aspect so I work on mindset a little bit as well and as a you know a side thing well I also did copywriting. It was my my key thing, but now it's moving to more of a side thing. And I specialize in writing yeah, websites and blogs. So obviously all that ties into the content strategy thing. So once people understand why they should be showing up, then they often see more value in, you know, outsourcing the writing side. Fabulous. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. We're very similar in what, what we do, but we're also not at all. It's great. <laughs> Um, and what about, um, so what's your past working life before you went um, into running your own business? Yeah, so my first job out of uni, I did do a lot of work experience at, um, I want to be a journalist. Uh, you know, always the writing thing's always been <laughs> a strong point in my life. Yeah, um, a lot of yeah. work experience, but I realized it's just way too hard to get like any type of journalism job first thing out of uni. So I opted in for a telesales role um, that, at True Local. I think it's a little bit more known now, an online business directory. But it was owned by, you know, News Digital Media, which I hoped would give me pathways into the journalism world. Um, but what it actually did was it built up this confidence in using the phone um, and talking to various business owners, which has obviously now worked out in my favor because one, I know how to communicate. Two, um, I was already about like solution thinking and now I'm doing the same thing. And yeah, so I moved fairly quickly from cold calling because I hated that <laughs> and into the customer, <laughs> um, but into the customer, like account management type thing. And I love, you know, that had an issue. This isn't working. Let's fix it. And then I moved into like a, it was called pre-sales coordinator, which is kind of like an um, internal communications, helping with sales incentives. So I planned like this awesome incentive for Luna Park, like all circus themed activities to then, you know, encourage people to make more sales to get that ticket to Luna Park. And yeah, this was a lot of fun, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't meaty enough. And I guess that's probably why I was made redundant at one point. And I'm like, okay, I'll take my payout. Thank you. Been around for three years. And I moved on to a not-for-profit um, called Achieve Australia. So it's a disability organization for adults with intellectual disability. And I, I actually had wanted to go to a not-for-profit because I love like my values be aligned with that. 
I absolutely love that work. It was very empowering. It was, it was a yeah, marketing communications role. So it was more aligned with what I wanted to do. And there's a bit of, you know, a bit of event staff, bit of marketing, bit of the writing. Like I did a couple of the annual reports and loved all that. Um, so I was there for a little while and then I had a great opportunity to step up when there wasn't a marketing manager. And then I had to step down when there was a new marketing manager. And me being a very aspirational person was like, nah, I can't go backwards. So I moved on to, uh, yeah, marketing um marketing executive role at uh, Macquarie University. And so I was in the the campus life team, which is aimed at marketing for student services. So the food court, the sport and aquatic center, um, the, what else was there? Markets, you know, hub bazaar markets. And yeah, I really, I I learned more about campaigns, like marketing campaigns. I done a lot of the internal communication stuff and then marketing campaign stuff I learned. And from there, after being on maternity leave um, and dabbling with e-newsletters for business owners, I thought, hey, that'd be a great business doing e-newsletters for people. I started my business and I I went into that, um, oh, it was like six years ago. Uh, I was a bit of a side thing, then found a contracting role at Jewish, so at a synagogue. It was like my dream role, part-time marketing comms, and they would be like my first main client so that's kind of where it all happened and then a couple of years ago I I kind of pulled back a bit from them so I could go full-time in my business and experiment with all the different things like blogging workshops and now you know podcasts and webinars and all the rest of it so a little bit of a journey it's all been related everything has kind of linked up and the experience I've built up along the way has ultimately brought me to where I am today wow (laughs) Yeah, there is a nutshell. <laughs> a whole life story. What a, what a fantastic working background. I love that. That's it's like, so I, I only realized maybe a year ago that mm. I need to start pushing, you know, as a copywriter, that I had this sales and marketing background mm. because it, it didn't mean that just give me a brief and I'll go, okay, and write it. Mm. I wouldn't be afraid to question it and put my marketing hat on going, okay, how does that fit in in the broader picture? Or, uh, you know, like being asked to write sales scripts and going, all right, now I know what does and doesn't work in the sales world on on the phone. So here's how I'm going to write it. And yeah, so it's all, all the experiences have definitely, yeah, made an impact on now what I can offer. So it's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what, what was the main sort of reason there that brought you to work for yourself? I always liked the idea of flexibility and I did have, yeah, so I was a, a nine-month-old at the time um, and the uni were happy for me to come back part-time when she turned nine months old, but it was short-lived because it was ultimately a full-time role. Mm. So I, and as it was part-time for six months, I was doing pretty much full-time work and part-time hours. So it was pretty stressful um, and I'm like, I don't, and you know, by the time I got home, it was getting later. I was trying to bring her bedtime earlier. It just wasn't working. I was only getting home at six o'clock or later. Um, so yeah, I, I'm like, I want to work for myself. I want to have that flexibility to work all, you know, any hours I want, not have to commute anywhere. And, or if I'm commuting, start later. So I don't, you know, skip the traffic and it doesn't mm-hmm. take as long. And yeah, and I, I don't think I could go back to being employed now. Um, I've really loved it. And you know, I love that I can choose my own adventure where I want to take the business and I don't have to consult a manager. Yeah. I can ask that myself, but you know, she can be in that case. So I don't consult her too often. I just do it. Yes. <laughs> I, I get that. Uh, my, my boss can be pretty um, hard on herself a lot. So <laughs> yeah, that's. My, my husband says all the time, he goes, yeah, your boss is a bitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally relate. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I'd love to just um, bring you back there because I, I think this would be really interesting. Um, and speaking about sort of changing your business model as, you know, you're a copywriter and that's how you started, uh, what sort of morphed you into doing more of what you're doing now rather than you know I guess just the copywriting yeah good question so uh I mean 2020 has been a very reflective year for many of us 
And I guess because I realized people, are, you know, because they'll see copywriting as a luxury expense, I think. They're yes. willing, more willing to, you know, spend money on a website design, but will just cut costs by writing the copy themselves kind of thing. And so I kind of acknowledged that was going to happen. And I we went into doing webinars with, I had the great support of a local council. They were paying me to then run these free webinars. And I really, because it was meant to be workshops, turned to webinars, which, hey, I never had experience in it. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. And now I can run a webinar with my eyes closed. But it's, it really made me realize I love the teaching element so much. Um, I've, and, and delving into the strategy side of it, because like my, dad, my dad's a retired teacher. And he said to us kids, you know, don't become a teacher. There's too much politics involved. But when it's adults who are willing and eager to learn, I just get so much satisfaction from it. And I realized that when I was, you know, teaching people about uh, why blogging is so important or, or how to get a podcast off the ground or what goes into a content strategy and why you should do it or how you can make the most of LinkedIn, all these things. And people are like, oh, I really appreciate That's really great. I watched the aha moments and, um, and just seeing how I've made an impact on them, like firsthand, face-to-face, you know, screen to screen um, and with copywriting, although I love writing, I don't want to give it up quite often, you know, you're doing it without seeing the person's face. You flick it off, you wish for the best and hope they like what they get. Sometimes it's a few days, nothing or a random email going, can we chat about, you know, talk about this over the phone and you start to get, you know, anxious um, or they might just say, yep, that's fine. Thank you. And I realized there's such an anti-climax to it, whereas I get a lot more satisfaction from, the, you know, the strategy and training stuff. Um, so that's why I'm thinking move more into that because that really lights me up. And I'm not your typical copywriter. A lot of people are like, oh, just hide behind my computer. I'm comfortable. That's my zone. Whereas I'm very much a people person, love my networking, love getting out and about. So I'm like, this probably reflects, you know, doing the strategy and training reflects more of who I am. And then um, it'll flow on to the writing once they know I know what I'm talking about. And then I can write with that, all that in mind. That, wow. That, that's amazing. And it's so interesting. My mother is a retired teacher as well. And she, I wanted to be a teacher when I was younger. And she said the exact same thing to me. Don't be a teacher. Don't be a teacher. You know, and it, it's, it's, just what I wanted to do for so long. Uh, well, there are a few things I wanted to do. Um, crocodile handler was my number one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Should have given that one a go. Right. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we didn't end up doing that. Mum said it would be too dangerous, but that's all I wanted to do when I was a child was to either be a teacher or a crocodile handler. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm neither. But well, I am. But I, I got to that point. I was like, I want to teach. I want to help, and that's why. I then became an international English teacher. I'm like, well, if I'm not going to do it here, I'll do it overseas. So off I went. <laughs> but I've always thought about doing that at some point. Maybe I will yeah. when the kids are older. But yeah. It's, it's awesome. really interesting because then in the same sense as you now, I've, I've morphed that side of teaching into, you know, helping and teaching people within, you know, adults and business and things like that. And it's just, it is, it, it lights me up too. It's, it's wonderful. You know, and I'm, I'm the same. I love writing too. I love that. Always have, but I'm not a hide behind the computer screen writer person either, you know? So you sort of have this conflicting like, <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm like, I want to be, I don't know. I just have all these aspirations and I'm like, I don't just want to be writing day in, day out. I, I want to be doing more stuff. And so that's why I've been like, oh, let's dip my toe into the podcasting world. Let's try um, doing an online course. Let's try. And it's, yeah, I've really enjoyed all of that stuff. And I've, I've run now um, a whole bunch of half-day content strategy sessions where, because I, okay, I once did this Gallup personality test and you get your, your well, strength test, I guess. Oh, what's and your strength? It's my strength. My number one strength is strategic. Me right? too. That's my number one. There you go. So I'm like, when I got that initially, I'm like, 
but isn't strategic like numbers and stuff? And I'm not a numbers like analytical person, but then I thought, oh, I love like sinking my teeth in and going, all right, here's a plan. This is where this is going to fit in. So I'm like, well, I should be working to that strength. So that's where all this has come in, right? And then um, my other, I'll, I'll say my other four, futuristic. Oh. Um, so I'm always like, what, you know, what could the future look like? Where Nothing. could I go? Um, activator, so I make things happen. Nice. Um, positivity, I call myself a positive person and le- learner. And I am always learning. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that is just me summed up in five words. Oh. <laughs> wow, we could take this podcast to a complete another level. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do, I want to delve into those more. I have to re, you know, reconnect with, with them and just, um, I did it through the Speakers Institute where I've done training. And so I love to delve into it. And go, All right, how can I make the most of these? I think I'm doing it a little bit, but, you know, it's probably so much more. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, well, well, Michaela, in in our, our work wife wine time, she's a strength coach. So, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. We connect with her. Oh, that that's amazing. Yes. Um, Strategic's my number one as well. And it when you think back to childhood, it makes sense there. Because I was the same. I'm like, strategy, numbers, what? No, that's not really me. I don't like numbers. Then when you figure out what it actually means, but oh yeah, I've done that my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I just like these half day things. I go, all right, tell me your goals, what do you want to do? All right, for two hours, I'm like, yeah, sink my teeth into this goes in there and that, that, that. Oh yeah, this is awesome. And then they're happy with it too. But like I, I don't know, just something about it. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Love it. That is so awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, well, before we, we delve into what we're talking about, which this is amazing anyway, tell us just a little bit about, about you and your interests and, and what you love doing. All right. So when I'm not working, so I, I am yes. a, a wife of 12 years, uh, a mum to a, two girls, seven and four. Um, and yes, yeah, so they, they keep me occupied. They're very, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, how do I describe them? Um, uh, over, overactive? No. Um, drama queens? No. Um, no, nah, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> very quirky, just like me, I guess. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I, I make sure I spend, I like, like to meditate and do my yoga. And I've been doing online yoga throughout 2020, which I've loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I also go for runs, which I kind of dropped the ball for a bit there, but I'm getting back into my jogging. And I love dancing, not that I've done much this year, but I like to try different types. So like last year I did theatre, jazz and burlesque and did it for a concert. Um, So I love my dancing when, so hopefully next year I can get back into that. Um, Reading, I set myself a reading goal of 40 books this year. I think I've only hit 29 or 30, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) Still pretty good. So you got one month, eleven books. Off you go. Yes, I know. If I read one every two days, I should be right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like reading. I like got the, the self development, so mindset stuff, um, or business growth, and then I love my thrillers. So things I, I don't do scary movies, but I can do books that kind of like have you on the edge of your seat. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I often have like three books on the go. So depending on my mood, I'll read different ones I do um yeah I can't Um, just do one book at a time (laughs) no because I'm like I feel like reading reading fiction right now or I feel like something uplifting or right now um yeah or something to say pick up pick down you know put down a book um I think that's probably yeah um and I yeah I love my networking love getting out and meeting new people and so I guess my podcast, I love it because I get to, it's a win-win-win. Like I get to learn from other people's stories. Mm-hmm. They get the opportunity to get exposure for their business and also the audience gets to learn stuff too. So it's kind of like I, I'm constantly learning, so it's my learning thing, from these other people like for free. <laughs> like I've got an hour of your time to just suck whatever I want out of you, <laughs> whatever topic. And yeah, and that that really energizes me as well. So I don't really see it as work. That's just that's fun. Yeah. Uh yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's <laughs> fabulous. I love it. Oh, you're you're wonderful. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fabulous. Uh so we're we're here today um to get 
some amazing insight from you and talking about stepping up and being visible online with courage. Uh, and it's something that you, of course, help your clients with. Uh, and if you're, for our listeners, if you're like most female business owners, then it is something that terrifies us all. And I, I think everyone can vouch for that, whether it's a, a fear you may not realize or a very open fear. Um, but being visible is scary, right? Um, so I guess, first of all, why do you think people fear? stepping up and and being visible where, where does that yeah I think there's so many reasons and you're right I think females we do it a little bit more um mm-hmm. why I'm trying to like I've gotten to a certain point even I feel like I should do more yeah. um but I think you know it's often like the fear of judgment and oh people you know what are they going to think when they see me on videos like are they going to judge that I'm I seem up myself or how they're going to perceive me and they get freaked out about that um or you know fear of like making mistakes and going oh what if I you know there is a spelling mistake there or what if I say something that not everyone agrees with or, or you know um or they proclaim something that they're going to do and they don't do it or like uh, they stuff up or, or something. Um, but I just, you know, do it anyway. It, it just, I say to that, it shows you're human. So if you do a live and then you stumble over your words or your kid runs in the room, just make a joke about it and just keep on going. Um, people will see you more relatable. And if they do have you on a pedestal, like, for example, you're doing a podcast um, and, you know, you're like, oh, wow, I listen to them every day. They're awesome. And they just come down to your level by making a mistake. Um, so like in my webinars, I've, I've spilt tea on myself during them. I've done random stuff and I've just kept on going. Because yeah. I want to make sure people see me as someone they can relate to and not just um, going, oh, I aspire. I could never work with them because they just seem, you know, no, I'm here on your level. I want to work with you, not yeah, above you. That makes sense. Um, and I think as well, fear of, yeah, people not liking them, I guess it ties into the judgment of, yeah, like, oh, oh look at her, what, what's she doing? And, you know, that kind of thing. Often though, it's their own insecurities. That's if they do send you DMs, by the way, with what are you doing? Can't believe you're doing that. It's probably them themselves going, oh, I wish I was doing that stuff. <laughs> um, so don't, don't get caught up in what other people think. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, or am I being too pushy by saying all this stuff? Um, you know, a pushy salesperson, which especially in Australia, we don't like being sold to. And, you know, in content strategy, though, that's the sales stuff is only one component. If you are giving heaps of value, like tips, advice, sharing your own story, your own learnings, your own your opinions, and then occasionally throwing a sales thing, people are a lot more forgiving because you've given them other stuff for free and uh, and va- like valuable stuff. So then you're actually doing you and them a disservice if you don't have any sales posts because then it's like, oh, I love your content, but how do I work with you? I don't know. And if they had to go searching for that, you know, it's just that's not what you want them to do because everyone wants things to be easy. You want them to come up going, here's how you can work with me. They're like, yes, click on that link, sign up, purchase that, whatever. Um, and yeah, and I, I guess the last thing would just be, um, I've had this before. Oh, do people really care what I have to say? And if you know your audience and you know their pain points and you know that you have products or services that solve those pain points, then they care what you have to say. The right people will care. So you just speak to them in your messaging. And therefore, when they hear it, they're like, wow. That just really hit home for me. Sign me up. So I think there's so many different factors there um, why people just freak out. And it's quite often just freaking out about what other people think. But just do it yourself. Like, what have you got to lose? You're going to live life and regret going, I didn't try hard enough to, to, you know, put yourself out there or do it and just see what happens. Absolutely. I, I think that speaking about people not liking us, right? I, when, when you think about it, that goes back to our basic human instincts. Yeah. 
because we're we're pack creatures and and that's how we are. So I I think that fear of not being liked or not being allowed in that group or you know all of that uh, it is such a difficult thing for you know humans to overcome because it's ingrained in in us instinctively. Uh, do you have any tips of of overcoming that? You know, like you said, if someone sends a DM, that's really nasty. You know, um, what sort of tips do you have where, I guess, to block block that out or not let it affect us? There's a couple of ways. One is you don't you let someone else handle your socials. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a VA or someone who, uh, yeah. Uh, so Joe Bellissimo, who I interviewed for my podcast last week, he does that. He just he doesn't look at his socials. If you want to get him, go to WhatsApp and then you can connect with him directly. Otherwise, it is his VA viewing all the DMs and responding with either a template response or yeah. just something basic or whatever. So that's one way. Just don't get yourself involved. Um, I personally don't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm always around. Um, I think what you should do if you do get somehow a little bit, bit of negative energy there, don't respond in that moment when you're like stunned, shocked, angry, whatever. Just leave it for a bit. Mm-hmm. Go maybe it, maybe talk it through with someone else. Go for a walk, fresh air, distract yourself with something else and then come back and just remind yourself it probably is something to do with them that they're projecting onto you. Um, so don't say this isn't personal, it's something they're dealing with. And you can just give them, you know, something like, oh, thank you for that feedback. Um, sorry you feel that way or whatever it is, or I'll take that on board. Have a great day. It can just be something. Don't let yourself get absorbed into that and then go backwards and forwards because it just fuels the unnecessary negativity. So yeah, that's what I said, anything that negative. And, and I mean, you could also tell yourself, well, you know, if I'm getting hate mail, then I must have really made it. (laughs) Um, You know, like the more successful you are, the more hate mail you get because there will be those haters. Haters going to hate. So just, yeah, just go, all right, well, that's just, okay. You can take it that, go, all right, that means there's people out there who are jealous of me and are now projecting that onto me or they've got their own issues. But just don't let yourself yeah get too emotionally involved just not worth it not worth it at all i love that i'm getting hate mail means i'm successful (laughs) yeah yeah the thing is celebrities they get it all the time you know for sure so you're on your way to success or you're already there (laughs) oh i love that that's that's the best so good so we've, we've discussed the the fear behind it so tell us how can you get visible online what do we do so I embraced all the channels, but if you get freaked out by me saying that, try just a couple at a time. So like email, good old email. You have your clients' emails or you have potential emails from those who you've met at networking events or they've signed up to your lead magnet or, or whatever the case may be. And use that list, you know, they, they've shown interest or they've already you know, worked with you. They want to know more about you. Um, so give them content, send them monthly newsletters, send them updates, what's going on with you with promotions and things, um, you know, set up those email sequences after they do download that thing and, and build up that relationship with the, you know, storytelling a bit about you. Here's things I overcome. I can help you overcome it too, that type of formula. Um, and then, you know, you compliment you have your, your blogs so you the blogs are great for seo so for people just stumbling across you on google but it's also great for building your brand so you write that blog you share you know your expertise five tips to or um you know think of the, the pain points that your customers have and answer those pain points in your blog topics and share it across your social media platforms in that e-newsletter because as I said, they want to hear from you. They know you offer value. Give them that value. And yeah, so the blog, I love my blogs because they're so great for repurposing. Um, and so, yeah, on the social media thing, you've got then, yeah, so you've got blog posts that you're sharing, blog, you know, one blog post, five social media posts easily, by the way, uh, and other, you know. So you think about where your audience is hanging out and use the platform that 
yeah which is where they're going to be there's no point hanging out on tiktok if your audience would never touch tiktok with a 10-foot pole um so go on linkedin if you're b2b uh instagram if you are very visual with your products and services and that's where you know your target audience are scrolling with their mums scrolling while they're chilling out during you know bath time or swimming lessons or whatever um to have a think of where they're hanging out and then you be there so for me like linkedin is my main space because that's ultimately where i want to be working with content strategy but also you know i share the same stuff on my facebook page and on instagram just because you just don't know who's watching but linkedin is my main focus um and then yeah then you find other little ways as well so doing like those webinars which are great for building up that brand awareness doing for free or low price whatever it is uh the podcast you do it a lot of labor of love um sometimes you financially invest in like an editor like i do but that's always a showing up and all these things and also do videos you know social media posts as well because all these things are people getting to know you um you as a person behind the business because people buy from people so the more times you show up then i've got this feedback all the time oh i'm seeing your posts everywhere i'm seeing everywhere you're doing so much because i'm in their inboxes they're seeing on social media they're listening to me in their car on the podcast i'm forever in their heads and therefore they're more and more likely to want to work with me or refer me to others because they really get what I do because they're seeing me all the time. Um, and obviously they can unfollow me, unsubscribe if I'm not relevant and that's fine because they're not my people. But the right people will always be on my radar and it could be a two-year turnaround from them listening to that first podcast to signing up a $10,000 package with me. Uh, <laughs> but it's you've got to start that journey and it's that's why I'm like don't be afraid to show up. and this is all free to do stuff yes it's time investment yes if it's too much you outsource some work to you know VAs or, or uh, marketing assistants or admin people whatever but you just got to make it happen so people get to know you so there's my little rant <laughs> Thank you for that rant, Leanne. It was uh, was not a rant at all. It was fantastic information. Uh, so what about getting visible online? I know you've been embracing webinars. Uh, tell us how that's worked for you. Yeah, because that's a real great way to um, bring people into your world. So you say, oh, I've got this great advice. I've run a webinar on webinars, for example. And I know it's stuff that people are trying to get into. And you, so I use like um, Humantics and so they sign up through that platform, which means I get their email addresses. So these webinars were all free, which means not everyone's going to show up. Uh, just by the way, just expect that. If you get half show up, you're doing well. Um, so, but it doesn't matter who shows up. I've got all their email addresses and I say that to people, can't come, still register, you'll get the recording and slides. So there's still a little incentive for them to sign up, even if they can't do 1 p.m. on Wednesdays, for example. So then, you know, you, you run your session and you give them, I be really believe in giving lots of value in your webinar, so much that people would even be willing to pay for it. And that is because, I mean, the old school way of webinars was surface level information, like tease, 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 or pain, agitate, then at the end, oh, I can solve this by you spending a million dollars with me. Um, but I don't believe in that. I'm, that doesn't align with me and my values. I really genuinely want to give people really great takeaways. And then it's like, cool, you now have this. You can run with this on your own or I can help you. Uh, or you can outsource part of this to me. Um, that's where I go with my webinars and I get really great feedback from like, oh, so much value. This is great. This is great. Um, so that's during the session itself. And then I do, you know, I do at the end say, you know, next steps are you can book in a free 30 minute discovery call with me. Everyone gets one of those, but then here's what you're looking at price wise for one-on-one -on -one coaching or writing, you know, whatever's relevant to that webinar. And so anyone who doesn't show up, I've got those emails to then add to my list. I know that they're interested in that topic. So I do the tags in my active campaign that that's what, you know, relevant to them. 
And then later on, I can send emails directed to them and I'll get the right messaging. So it doesn't matter if a third, I've had one person show up, you still roll with it and you get the recording out and you just don't know where that will lead. You just don't know who's going to listen to it. It could be a couple of weeks later, they listen to it. And then six months later, they're like, yeah, you know what? I've tried this myself. I keep procrastinating. It's time to see Leanne. Um, but yeah, I've found that, look, they're so, if you know how to run PowerPoint and you can easily do Zoom, which I think most of us are familiar with Zoom now, you can do a webinar. It's very straightforward. The year of Zoom, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you got this. I, I'd never done a webinar before. I'm like, well, I know how to use it. I know you can share a screen. I, I got a second screen right before COVID hit. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. My PowerPoint slides on one, video on the other. Um, but our one little tip though, get used to, if you have run like face-to-face workshops and you're going to webinars, get ready for that bored resting face and don't take it personally. <laughs> Every, that really threw me the first couple I did. Everyone just looks like they're so unamused and it's just their concentration face. So I just hide the faces. I don't look at them unless I'm asking a question. So don't get distracted by everyone's, you just can't see the body language properly. It can be very off, off-putting. Wow, that's really good advice. <laughs> I love the first couple. I'm like, this is so weird. I've n-, and they all said at the end, oh, this was great. But just looking at their face, they're all like, like I can't see, you know, for those listening, but just like so bored, like, or just see the top of their forehead, or you know, um, I'm like, I think they're writing notes. I hope they're not planning something else. But yeah, that's my little tip. I love that. Uh, so you, of course, have conjured the courage. Uh, how can you, what advice can you give for our listeners to conquer the courage to step up and be visible online? It's a bit of that, you know, face your fear and do it anyway. Um, I, and, you know, fake it till you make it. I personally, a lot of people don't believe this, but going back like 13 years ago, I had low self-esteem. I, you know, I just grew up that way thinking negatively naturally and I, you know, the help for some self-help books. I'm like, oh, I can choose to see the positive in life. And so that's why I've become more of a positive person. And so I choose to look for the opportunities rather than, you know, the risks and the potential issues. So just, yeah, like what's the worst that could happen? There's no, no such thing as, you know, mistakes, only learnings. It's only a mistake if you never grow from it and you just keep repeating the same thing over and over. Um, so I would just go, all right, I'm just going to give this a crack. Why not? And then if it doesn't work, don't do it again. Probably no one will notice. <laughs> um, or just go, all right, well, that format didn't work. Let's change it around and do this now. And that's what like marketing, it is all experimental. There's no one, something that works for one person won't be guaranteed to work for another person. It's often, you know, a personality, an audience match, uh, the way you just show up. So you just don't know unless you try it. That's, that's my thing. So this, yeah, this whole year, I'm like, give that a go. Give that a go. Why not? Yeah, okay. See what I enjoy, see what I don't. But unless you try it, you'll just, yeah. I, I've always said I don't want to live with regrets. Um, there's little things from my childhood that I regret that's just little minor things that you know kept me up at night um but i'm like no i'm not gonna anything i do now i'm gonna go yep i own it i own that decision and yeah just see what happens Mm -hmm. i love that i i I love how you said feel the the fear um do you have any tips around that how 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 can our listeners embrace feeling that that fear and then i guess just doing it anyway. Well, I when I was with the Speakers Institute, I my little talk was how to become best friends with the imposter, like the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I basically said that all that imposter syndrome, all that fear, all that negative self-talk, it's really, it's just like your best friend who will be saying to you, are you sure about this? And it's just because they have your best interests at heart. They don't want you to get hurt. So that's all that little invoice, you know, that fear factor is going, 
okay, um, this is pretty scary. I could fall down here. Are you sure you're ready to take that risk and jump off that cliff? Um, but it's well, all you need to do is go, just pause and go, okay, this is a scary thing. And you can try to think about, all right, what's the worst thing that could happen? And imagine it. Go, all right, then how would I deal with that? Okay, then how would I deal with that? Then how would I deal with that? And just acknowledge it and go, all right, I think I've got this. Sometimes you, by just imagining what the future could be, the, the negative results, and knowing you have a plan to deal with it could be enough to give you that confidence. Um, or just, just go, all right, yep, no, I acknowledge this is scary. I'm going to do it anyway. And often when you do it, that little voice just suddenly disappears. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. And the voice will come back though when you, you've come to your next challenge. Mm-hmm. That voice will only be there until right before you do it. After you do it, that voice is silenced. It's like mm-hmm. your friend going, oh, okay, you did do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's all I just, yeah, don't freak out about it. Don't treat it like your enemy. Like fear is not your enemy. It's just... Mm-hmm challenge you to reflect is this the right thing for me and if in your gut like listen to your gut if you're like yeah you know what i really do want to do this then do it but mm-hmm. if it everything it's not just your mind you know freaking out if everything is going oh there's that and that that doesn't feel right yeah don't do it don't do uh, there's been many things in my life where on paper it looked like it made complete sense but my gut was like no nah. and mm-hmm. so i went with that and then usually it was the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, instincts is very powerful, I think, in all of us, right? Uh, and I think it goes back again to that, you know, um, basic instinct in our old ancient human brains, I guess, you know, it's, the fear is there to protect us. But I, I always like to say to myself, well, I don't have, you know, I'm not running away from a woolly mammoth. Uh, <laughs> You know what's that's where it comes from. I know, yeah, yeah, right. I'm not going to get eaten by woolly mammoths, so probably not that bad. Brain, and I, I love that. Just listen to that fear brain as my friend. That's the best. <laughs> yep, I'm like, yep, she's just your mate. She just, you know, yeah. you probably, probably everyone has a friend like that, and you're like, oh, that's so annoying. They always question everything I do, but they're just that little voice that's going, you know, are you sure? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm totally sure. Let's do this. <laughs> and at the end, the friend will disappear. I'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah, you did do that. Uh, I'll be back again when you're, you know, when you're doing something else crazy. But, you know, yeah. you're right, you're good. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's fantastic. Uh, so once we've, you know, gone through our fear friend and we've stepped up and, and everything, what, what does this do for your business? What does this visibility online uh, do for a business well I guess you think about why did you start a business um is it look um, if you just are just like oh I'm just floating I'm doing this and this then it's just a hobby right um but if you really have look I'm an aspirational person and I I yeah I've always like I want to go more and more and more and see what I can do and take over the world um but it, it all comes down to where you want to take your business if you are happy to just be where exactly you are right now and you've never shown up online and you're happy with you know the business you've got in the one job a couple of jobs here and there brilliant just stick with that but if you do want to live you know a more abundant life be able to afford more holidays not have to second guess when your your kid asks for you know, an extravagant present or wants to do yet another extra, you know, curricular activity, um, then you need to do this stuff. You, the Quite often what happens with me, people come to me when all of their like referrals have kind of dried up or, or they had consistent clients and then suddenly they've dropped off for some reason. I mean, you know, 2020 was I guess a reason for a lot of people. And they're like, oh, I need to get new, new leads in. How am I going to do this? So, at some point, you know, your, your current audience are going to serve you. But if you really want to take things to the next level, you always need, I mean, say it bluntly, fresh blood uh, coming in and because then they're going to refer more people to you and all of that stuff. So what complements my online marketing is my networking, like physical face-to-face or going to the virtual events, because 
it's all about meeting new people, whether they're potential clients or not, or they can connect me with people I can collaborate with, which can turn to work. That's all a big part of my strategy. Like really, you need to keep meeting people, whether it's online or offline. That's just how it all works. You can't just rely on a small group of existing clients to last you indefinitely. So that's where, yeah, just being visible, getting across more people. And that's where, you know, like LinkedIn, Instagram are great for that because hashtags give you that broader reach and you can really tap into a wider network. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Love it. Collaboration over competition, which is what we're all about here, work-life wine time. Uh, What does it mean to you? Yeah, well, you know, going back maybe three or four years ago, I saw any other copywriter as being a a competitor and Mm -hmm. I should avoid them or look at them warily or... Um, I never knew how to take it. I'm like, oh, they, they are after the exact same thing or, you know, especially if they were at a networking event. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I'd be like, oh, okay, they're answering the questions or they're telling people about their services, but no, there's me here. But then I joined, yeah, the Clever Copywriting Community, which after talking to a couple of writers, I, it kind of opened my mind and changed my mindset around you can work with these people. Everyone's doing different things, different level experience, different audiences. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I realized just how well that group worked for everyone who just gets my world. And so, or, you know, they're flat out, but I've got some, you know, availability. So work could be passed on to me and vice versa. And it just was, it just really opened my mind to the collaboration within the exact same industry. So don't be afraid if you are at networking events or you are hanging out online and there's other people do the same stuff as you, there could be opportunities to create programs together to, yeah, flick on clients to each other when you are too busy, they're too busy. Because then you're serving your clients more because me personally, I hate saying, nah, sorry, I can't help. See you later. I want to give them at least a tip, go, oh, look, I can't do it, but let me find a copywriter who can. And then it leaves a good experience in their mouth, you know, from me. And whether or not I wrote for them, it's still part of the branding. And so that's, yeah, the kind of experience I want to give. Um, But yeah, so I've, yeah, I recently realized my local networking group has another copywriter who I've known for a while. And we club for coffee and we just you know swaps my ideas she's doing something like oh that's a really good idea you should also try doing this and it was just really nice so you know when yeah when we connected and I'm like I'm sure um I'm like I'm sure there's ways that we can collaborate on something because you're not the exact same person and you don't serve the exact same people so there's some potential there for something yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So it's something you've, you've embraced. Um, how, how have you leveraged it in, in order to grow your business? Yeah, um, I guess I want to do a lot more of it in the new year. Um, and so I do want to collaborate with those who not, well, look, in terms of the other writers, I want to pull back on how much writing I'm physically doing but once again not say no so I want to start building up a little team of copywriters who they're my first point of call when you know stuff comes up and maybe they specialize in different things um there's someone else I know who, who writes health and wellness copy as well and I've already gotten her to do some SEO keyword research for a client I hate that stuff she did it brilliant and I said cool going forward I know that you can do that and that's really helpful Um, And there's other people who do more like conversion copywriting. So I can say, oh, if I need to bring you in later in the process for this client, then get you. And then, yeah, so have a little team of copywriters and have them on my website and promote them as my team. And then for non-copywriting but marketing related, I want to form more collaborations with those who do, you know, social media marketing, SEO, uh, website design. I've already got one person I always flick or a couple people I always flick people onto. Yeah. So I want to get more of those collaborations, me working with their clients, them working with mine, because it all complements each other. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see where that all goes, but I do want to do a lot of lot more of it next year. And with 
collaborate with those who are bigger than me so that I can learn from them. So I've already got physical teams, which is where I like to be, learn from them, watch what they do and yeah, hopefully replicate that. Amazing. Love it. That's fantastic. I guess uh, tell our listeners, um, where can they find you? So it's a few different spots. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn is obviously a key one for me. I just look for Leanne Shelton. Um, Facebook, so Right Time Marketing. So that's right with a pen, um, Time Marketing. I also have a free Facebook group called Digital Visibility Zone, which I'm hoping to up the, the post and engagement now that I have a offshore VA to help me out. So that will be really good for you know marketing tips and all of the good stuff and also yeah on instagram you can also follow me too leanne shelton 247 my birthday is 24th of july 247 um but yeah and of course then there's my podcast so marketing and me is my podcast on stitcher itunes spotify um yeah so look it up i'd love you to tune in and let me know your thoughts Oh, wonderful. Absolutely. Give it, give it a listen, I say. So, <laughs> that brings us close to the end, which is a little bit sad. This has been wonderful. Uh, what's your, your final thought of today's podcast? I guess final thought of a tip to step up and be visible online. Yeah, as I think I, I've mentioned, I just think it's so important to not don't be afraid to experiment like different types of posts and channels and and just the ways that you show up and I mean obviously it's got to work for you so be being consistent is another thing so don't commit to going all right I'm going to write a blog a week and you know then share it out with a newsletter every fortnight and then after one month you just burnt out and you don't do it again you're better off committing to like one blog a month for consistency I personally, I just commit to like one podcast a week, which kind of turns into a blog because it's my show notes. It's my, my, my blog page. But, you know, just stick to something that you know you can do either on your own or by outsourcing. And yeah, and then just start with that. And then you can build upon it. Just start somewhere with it. If you do have an old dusty email list, start by sending an e-newsletter and apologize that you've, you know, for the radio silence and that you're back um, or the podcast silence, probably more relevant today. Um, but, you know, just, um, you know, then reconnect, start reconnecting with people. Um, I'm, I'm giving you plenty of tips here. Um, and, you know, anyone new you do meet, go, you know, connect with them on LinkedIn, go or add them on Facebook, whatever it is, because then I'll start seeing your posts and you stay front of mind and you never know where it will go. The rhyme for you too. <laughs> it's true. It's a good way to finish that up. I think you never know where it'll go. <laughs> good way to end, end, end the show. <laughs> and that's another rhyme. <laughs> oh, take me <laughs> off, Jella. Writers, <laughs> the writers are losing it. Thank you so much for being here today, Leanne. This was fabulous. Thanks, Gemma. It's lots of fun. And that's a wrap, everyone. So as always, all of you kick-ass women, fellow work wives, remember you're not alone because collaboration is power. And most importantly, we all get it. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.